Welcome to Flashback, a podcast by the Okaloosa County Public Information Office. Get ready to dust the nostalgia off your sleeve as we talk with Okaloosa citizens who share with us how things used to be. I'm your host, Nick Tomacek. It's time to step into your imaginary DeLorean, tap your flux capacitor, and flashback. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Flashback. If you're over 30 years old or thereabouts, you could probably remember a time when if you were old enough as a kid, your parents would drop you off at a park, the beach, the mall, or an arcade for hours at a time, sans parents, and shout, don't talk to strangers, then promptly wave from the driver's side of the station wagon and speed off to do errands. Ah, the good old days. I had an awesome childhood. I lived near a large public park in my hometown of Lexington, Kentucky. I would leave for the day in the morning, hopping from one friend's house to another, and we would always end up roaming around the 170-plus acres of ball fields, tennis courts, getting into as much trouble as we could without getting caught. We usually got caught. Uh, Usually. Today's episode is about a time and place like that here in Okaloosa County, and it was most widely known as Waterboggin, or Pleasure Island Water Park on Okaloosa Island. And by the looks of the photos from the late 1970s and 80s, this place was hopping. Not only was the water park bustling, that whole area on Okaloosa Island was oozing with energy and excitement. In fact, all of Okaloosa Island looked completely different than it does now. There was another water park nearby, the Waterboggin. There was some eateries, a daiquiri bar, mini golf course named Magic Carpet Golf Course, and a roller coaster. There was also a par 3 golf course where present-day Veterans Park and the Women's Veterans Memorial is currently located. But being an outsider, Kentucky-raised, and now a Florida migrant, I can't easily tell the Waterboggin story and do it justice purely by looking at old photos. I had to find actual bogganists who lived it and were present to experience the aqua joy that seems to have created a lot of memories for folks that live here in Okaloosa County in the Destin-Fort Walton Beach area. So looking on social media, I saw an incredible amount of interaction about waterboggin on the Facebook group Fort Walton Beach What We Did. The purveyor of that group is Gareth Stearns. You may recall he helped us on a previous flashback episode where we discovered the history of the racetrack that used to be located off of Racetrack Road. Well, it turns out that the intense nostalgia for Waterboggin is shared by Gareth, and in fact, he was a lifeguard at that water park for two summers in his younger days. I met him at his office where he works at a local dealership to ask him what it was like when Waterboggin was open. So I'm here with Gareth Stearns once again, uh, the uh, founder of Fort Walton Beach, what we did, Facebook history group of all things local. And today, an Uber a specialist on today's subject, the Waterboggin. <laughs> it's what, what is Waterboggin? Good morning. This is take number two. That's why there's a little bit of a chuckle there. It's funny. He said, what is the Waterboggin? We're going to be talking about Waterboggin today. It's not the Waterboggin. It's just water boggin um and he's not the first one to make that mistake boggin is just a uh, it's a it's a it's borrowing on the word toboggan it's alpine tobogganing or bobsledding 
The water boggin was a uh, uh, water park that existed from 1977 through 2004 on Okaloosa Island. It was very distinguishable, especially coming over the Brooks Bridge. You would look over, uh, as you were coming onto Okaloosa Island, you could kind of see it off to your left in varying stages of completeness, whether it was in its three slides life or its five or seven slides life. And I remember experiencing it as a child, uh, being lucky enough to have his parents take him and experience it alongside the locals in the summers. And I also got a chance to experience it for two summers as my first ever uh, IRS knowing about job. I was a lifeguard. Uh, I got paid three thirty-five an hour, which was less than minimum wage at the time. Minimum wage was four twenty-five at the time, but they got away with the the lower pay because it was a seasonal job, some sort of legal loophole. But I don't know. It was I, I didn't care at the time. I also didn't get paid overtime. I was working fifty to sixty hours a week for three thirty-five an hour, and not even having enough time left over in the day to spend my hundred and twenty-dollar paycheck. You didn't have a tip jar at the top of the slide as you were shoving people down? No, I never even thought about that. Didn't have an iPhone or anything to keep me company. It was just, you know, a boy in his teenage dreams and his eyeballs looking at a lot of interesting things. Back in those days, the safety protocols weren't as stringent as they certainly became later on in his life. So people could go, could ride doubles. In fact, some of the old advertisements that I've come across and brochures, people are riding on their knees and you can see people in the background behind them that obviously didn't wait any amount of time to go um, before the person, before the lifeguard said it was okay to go. So um, I personally remember doing some pretty dumb things as a teenager and as an employee at the, at the water bog and it was actually known as Pleasure Island Water Park at the time. Water bogging was not exclusive to Okaloosa Island. There it was actually a franchise. Uh, the Okaloosa Island was probably the eighth or ninth to arrive in the summer of 1977. It actually, the original opened up in the summer of 1976 in Myrtle Beach. Um, a North Carolinian named Dwight Myers had this uh, idea to build a big dirt mound and carve shoots into it and line them with fiberglass and concrete and uh, and create a water slide out of it. And it was opened in 1976 in Myrtle Beach. It was $2 to ride for as many times as you could make it in 30 minutes, which is a pretty cool little pricing system. And some of the earlier franchises outside of Myrtle Beach also adopted that same pricing system, one in Louisville, Fort Lauderdale. They really started sprouting up uh, all around uh, I'm seeing newspaper advertisements all through the spring of 1977 and the Okaloosa Island location opened up in June 1977 as Waterboggin. And it, it was known as Waterboggin through 1983, then it became known as Waterworld. Uh, up until about 1988, that's when it adopted the Pleasure Island Water Park moniker, which it kept through about 2004 when it finally was closed. I actually worked there from 1990 through 1995, both of those summers. Well, today on Okaloosa Island at that site, it's an RV camp site, campground. Um, so it's very flat, but back in the day, it was a big, big dirt mound. Dirt started being uh, uh, brought in in March of 1977, and they had the park up and running by June 1977. So they basically made a, a big hill of dirt 
um, carved the the slides into it, poured fiberglass and concrete, and lo and behold, you had uh, an opportunity to skin your knees and elbows as you rode on a on a plastic mat down the down three chutes, and you would see this this hill as you would cross over Oakloose into Oakloose Island. And as the park grew over different years, it, it added different levels to that hill. So there were two additional slides uh, at a second level that was added onto the hill uh, around 1986. And then two higher, higher up slides that had a 90 degree drop onto them uh, around the early 1990s. So um, those were two uh, ridiculously fun rides to, to do ridiculously stupid teenager tricks on certain days when it was rain or at the end of at the end of closing. I can tell you about that if you'd like. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, so uh, what was it like behind the scenes sure. of Waterboggin? Yeah, we called it dry sliding actually. So uh, just on the regular slides, the original three flumes, we would turn off the water and we would get a mat and we would get some suntan oil and we'd just grease that mat up real nice and slick. So uh, you got that going and you've got the slickness of the slides still. The water's not gone, but the slides are real slick from the water. So you get a running start and you kind of wrap yourself up like a pig in a blanket. You get going. You can sometimes get, you know, hug the corners tight enough that you can kind of uh, go into the next flume. So that, that's stage one of, hey, this is kind of fun where else can we take this? So then we would go up to the next level of slides, the two enclosed green slides, and we'd do the same thing. We'd wrap ourselves up like a pig in a blanket and we would launch ourselves down these suckers and we would, we would slam into the end, basically. We would, it would double the speed of going through the slides normally. And uh, all the things that we would warn the patrons not to do throughout the day, we would you know, put, put the, the slides to their limits. We just did stupid stuff that if I saw my kids doing, I, I would, or even thinking about doing, there would be consequences involved at that park. But hey, you know what? Here we are talking about the memories, and that's right. And and we've all we've all been young at at, at a certain point. So, what else was on Okaloosa Island at the time? Yeah, believe it or not, it was not the only water park on Okaloosa Island. There was another water park called the Water Flume. Also, well, the colloquial name was called the Water Flume. Its official name was called Pirates Island. And it was actually an offshoot of the old amusement park that was known as Funway Amusement Park. So you had Funway Amusement Park, which had these old school carnival type rides that by the late 1970s had really become very dated. And uh, a developer decided to add on a water flume type water slide. Water slides were starting to become really popular at the time. And, and the water boggin, there I go again, Waterboggin International, <laughs> which was the corporation name, uh, had had franchises. Uh, there was, uh, there were knockoffs of Waterboggin. Gulf Breeze had their own water Waterboggin water type flume rides. Pensacola had their own Waterboggin type flume rides. Uh, Shipwreck Island today in Panama City still has three flume rides. It's actually called the Zoom Flume, and they're identical, essentially in experience to the old water boggin. So if you're looking, if you're still looking to get that retro nostalgic old school water boggin experience, you can actually still get that at, at Shipwreck Island today. But yeah, there was another water park called the Water Flume. It was kind of located close to where the convention center is on Okaloosa Island. Um, then there was the, uh, the roller coaster 
that was kind of in between the two water parks. That was the separator. So you had the water flume, then you had the roller coaster, the batting cages at one time, uh, the par three golf course, and then the water bobbin or water bobbin, Pleasure Island Water Park, Water World, whatever iteration you remember it as. The big hill on Okaloosa Island that you would see as you cross over into Brooks, uh, cross over the Brooks Bridge. That yeah. is what we're talking about today. Yeah. Gareth did a pretty good job painting a picture of what it's like on the island before the dawn of the 21st century, but I wanted to get another perspective from someone who lived back in the rowdy old days of waterboggin. I reached out to waterboggin enthusiast Gina Burns Fonte on the phone. My name is Gina Burns Fonte. Um, I currently live in Niceville, but I grew up in Shalimar, and in 1994, when I was 17, I was a student at Choctaw, but that summer I decided I wanted a different job than the previous job that I had. And I went and applied at what was then called Pleasure Island Water Park. And I was told that um, it didn't pay very much, which it really did not pay very much. I think I made three thirty-five an hour. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but I wanted something totally different, and money was no object at that point in time. I still lived at home and didn't really have any bills, so I got the job there. And um, I also got my best friend to come there and work with me. So it was basically just like we were hanging out together all day having fun and kind of working. <laughs> nice. It was... Uh, a really laid-back atmosphere. It was mostly all teenagers about my age working there. Some of them were a little younger, some were a little older. And um, we would work really long hours and get paid nothing, but it was so fun. And um, we just had the greatest time telling grown-ups not to, you know, do stuff and telling little kids not to do things that they shouldn't be doing. And I was a lifeguard, um, and I was certified in CPR, so that meant I got paid a little bit extra, hence the 35 cents more an hour. The people that were not lifeguard certified or CPR certified only made $3 an hour. Um, we basically learned all the rules that were recited once you entered the park to slide and play there. So, you know, the no running, um, no drinks, no food, you know, all the basic stuff. We had to learn those rules first. And then as far as on the slides, um, if you were at the top of a slide, you just had to space out the time between the sliders going down. And we had um, little uh, walkie talkies that we would communicate with the bottom of the slides with to make sure that everything was good to go and send the next slider. Or if someone didn't come out, then, you know, we could radio down to the bottom, like, hey, did you see somebody come out? And we just kind of communicated that way. The activity pool had a few more rules, and I wound up usually working the activity pool because I had a boyfriend who worked the go-kart track, and if I worked the activity pool, then I could make eyes at the boyfriend over at the go-kart track. <laughs> yeah. Well, we definitely had a lot of fun with after hours sliding <laughs> and when the park would close it closed pretty late i can't remember exactly what time it was but it was late it was dark and um then some of us employees would break all the rules and go down the slides like and 
chains of us, you know, all attached to each other, go down the slides all together really fast. And on the two big slides that were on the back of the water park, you weren't supposed to use mats. You were supposed to just slide on your back down those slides. We would get mats and go down those slides because you'd go faster, which was extremely dangerous. <laughs> but none of us got hurt and we would do things like that. And I'm pretty sure we were not supposed to be doing that, but it was a lot of fun. And as far as other shenanigans, when I worked the activity pool, I would get my best friend who also worked at the park to work with me over there. And we would laugh at some of the grown-ups who had really hairy backs. <laughs> and we would have a little disposable camera and sometimes we would just take pictures of the hairiest backed people we could find. And then we had a little photo album of all these hairy oh, get out of town. <laughs> no, I think I still have some of the pictures saved oh. somewhere. But um, yeah, we, we had a little collection of um, hairiest backed people that would come to the activity pool. But I remember on Thursday, it was Rocky Bayou Christian School Day, and their summer camp would come every Thursday. And um, there was some favorites that we would get of some of those kids that we would play with over there and have a good camaraderie with some of those kids that would come every Thursday. And it was a lot of fun. Well, it pretty much consumed that whole summer because my best friend worked there, I worked there, and then I wound up dating a go-kart guy who worked there. So everything revolved around relationships and friendships that evolved and manifested that summer of 94 there. And it was really kind of sad, you know, whenever the summer ended and it was time to go back to school. and We all kind of, you know, went our separate ways and the relationship with the boy from the go-kart track didn't last, obviously. <laughs> Um, but it was really, it was the best summer. It was, of all my summers as a teenager, that was by far the best summer. Just working there, making no money, and just having the best time ever. We were so tan and just carefree, and it was a lot of fun getting to, you know, blow the whistle at people that we decided were breaking the rules, and, you know, other people might break the rules, but if they were nice to us, we might not blow the whistle at them <laughs> much. I really miss seeing those two big slides that were on the back of the Pleasure Island water park at that time. Um, whenever I would go over the Shalimar Bridge, I could look over to Okaloosa Island and I could see those two big slides. And once they tore down the park, of course, I got rid of those slides. And it's just kind of sad to see that little piece of my youth disappear. And um, all the memories I had there, of course, I still have my silly photo albums with hairy back men in it but and some of the kids that I worked with like Gareth and some others and you know we're still friends and so just a lot of innocence and a lot of good fun that I'm glad happened and I miss that part of Okaloosa Island being there. The island has certainly gone through a business development evolution. There was some vacant unused property for a period of time after water bogging days but we've seen it rebound in the past 10 years with the RV park that is always full, Wild Willie's Adventure Park next door, the boardwalk, more restaurants, the Women Veterans Memorial and adjacent Heron Rookery. The Gulf Arium is building a new dolphin exhibit as we speak, 
and plans for a new Brooks Bridge, Santa Rosa Boulevard improvements, and the Bridge to Bridge bike path project will only lead to smarter business development that entertains, feeds our bellies, while simultaneously preserving Northwest Florida's natural beauty. And that's something I think we can all get behind. This episode of Flashback was written by me and produced by April Sarver, our public information officer. Music was by Jason Shaw on Audionautics.com. Special thanks to the keeper of local nostalgia, Garrett Stearns. You can view photos of the water boggin and other photos of days gone by by joining the Facebook group Fort Walton Beach, What We Did. Thanks also to Gina Burns-Fonte and, of course, you for listening to Okaloosa County Stories on Flashback. I'll see you around town.